Hello and welcome to episode 1054 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, May 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, a good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing pretty well, actually. Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, man. Start of the weekend. Watch a lot of baseball and uh, just, you know, hope that uh, I win some Nolan Gorman shares in, uh, in FAB this weekend. It's going to be interesting. The card's making big moves leads us right into our first bit of news. Um, then we'll get into uh, somebody making a rehab start. And then we're going to talk about some buy low or no-go pitchers. And, you know, it's not the first time that we've kind of talked some buy lows. So I didn't want to repeat every pitcher. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't put Herman Marquez on again. Tyler Molly's kind of coming out of it. So I put some guys that are I, I'm calling FIP time bombs. They actually don't look so bad on the surface but underneath maybe their reason uh there are reasons for caution so we'll get into those in a moment but you mentioned nolan gorman he and matthew libertor top two prospects for st louis are getting the call and uh this is big news so tyler o'neill is going on the il and gorman's coming up yepes is a fully established everyday player like he mm-hmm. or, or fully established is overstating it since he's come up he has been given everyday playing time. There's no questions about how they feel about Juan Yepes. And, you know, if, I'd, if I'd have known that that's how it was going to turn out, I think I'd have been more, but I was cautious because they still have Poulos and Dickerson on, on the team. Where's Gorman playing? Is, is it Edmund to short, Gorman to seven? Yeah, the team, already, the team already said Edmund's going to be the full-time shortstop. Okay. Um, so. And that Gorman will play every day at second base. Um yeah, this is going to be a really, really fun call-up, Gorman. Uh, he has a ton of power, some speed. Uh, in some leagues, he's still third-base eligible. Uh, so you'll be getting that second-base eligibility with the third base already established. Yeah. Um, there is a lot to like here. The only caveat is he has been striking out a ton, ton in triple I think this has the chance to disappoint people so badly, and I hope not, but let's just face facts. There's 34% strikeout rate in AAA for Gorman. Um, even last year when he had a 19%, it was with a 14% swing strike rate, which is more in line with a high mm-hmm. a high strikeout rate. So I think he was uh, kind of floating a little bit on that 19% last year for Gorman. I, I, I get the interest. There, there needs to be interest because uh, of the immense power. This has a high probability to disappoint. Yeah, I mean, this is very much Josh Lowe-esque. Yeah. Um, and it's what this I wrote. Somewhat in, Dahlbeckian. Yeah, you know, I don't think it'll be that bad, but it could be. And I, I mean, if you're striking out 34% of the time at AAA, then when you get to the major leagues, That's yeah, there, there's... There, there is the potential for Odell Beckham. And I hope not. Um, I hope not. I'll, you know, because look at who he's indirectly replacing, uh, Paul DeYoung. It, it wasn't for the Paul DeYoung call down, right? But mm-hmm. he's indirectly replacing him. When Paul DeYoung first came up, he struck out 28% of the time, only walked 5%. We kept waiting for the shoe to drop on him, but he outran it for that first full year. 443 plate appearances, 25 homers, 28% K rate, 285 average because he was hitting the ball so hard. Gorman could definitely do that, where he just smashes the ball so hard that he he the strikeouts don't matter. 
or he's Jared Kelnick. Mm. He can't make any contact. Um, and I mean, that's specifically with the contact profile. Kalanick does not have Gorman's power. I'm just nervous. What kind of bidding are we talking about here? 15 team. He'll be available in every uh, main event or just about. I'm sure there's a couple where he was drafted, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, do you think Gorman is a triple digit kind of guy? I think he will be. Um, I don't know that let's, I let's will assume be... him a modest weekend, by the way, before you, you know, if he hits four homers, obviously he's going to be $9,000. Yeah. Modest weekend, maybe one homer and a couple hits, whatever. So nothing eye-popping with the stats. You think he gets to triple digits pretty consistently? Yeah, yeah I do. I mean, I, I'd be I'd be very surprised if there's a, a bunch of leagues where he's not a triple-digit bid. bid. Um, those people who have not spent a ton of their fab. Yeah, uh, they've this got is, Gorman money. Yeah, th- this is going to be someone they target. Um, Both guys, my, actually. They, they could be ready. Yeah. You know, if you've got 800 bucks, you could go Gorman and Libertor. We'll get to Libertor in a minute. But, yeah, keep going with Gorman. Um, I mean, I think he has a better hit tool than Josh Lowe okay. uh, and more power, obviously not as much speed. Um, and so I want to believe that he is going to be better than what we saw with Josh Lowe. But, I mean, it's so hard to say that when um, – when he's been striking out so hot, so much at Triple A, yeah. uh, so like I'm I'm excited. I've got him on. I think both of my dynasty league teams. I'm super excited to put him into my active roster tonight. Uh, in the in those leagues, I have him in a number of DCs. Um, but I'm very nervous, uh, especially because while it's great to see St. Louis kind of promote these guys, they're playing to win. And they're not going to let him strike out at a 30-plus percent clip, um, I mean, unless he's absolutely raking with that. I just have yeah. a hard time believing that he's going to be able to do both long-term. Yeah, I think that's that's really a fair point about Gorman. And, you know, again, we'll see. Short sample of the rest of this year, because even playing the rest of the year from here forward, it's still a relatively small sample. Can have some volatility. Hopefully it comes out on the high end. I'd like to see him come up and, and be successful with Corman. Even if I don't get him anywhere, I just want one of these rookies. That, you know, we haven't had as many rookies come up and dominate right away. And we had a, a higher abundance of rookies get called up. A lot of them made the team out of spring. And the results have been pretty underwhelming on, on those. Guys, yeah. You know, J-Rod's come out of his uh, batting average funk and he always had the stolen bases. But, you know, Torque's kind of meandering. Wit looking better. But um, let, let's Turk hit a bomb right after yes, we talked did. about him. Yes, he did. Um, oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about some of those guys. Um, no, and Tor- Torque is one of the ones I'm not worried about. But yeah. they haven't been great yet. I'd like to see Gorman come and just like rip like five home. I, I hope three of them are this weekend. I think this season, in terms of like rookies coming up, is just a reminder of how lucky we've been over the last few years, right? Like. Getting yes. to see guys like Juan Soto and Acuna come up and just smash and be elite players right away it is not the norm. Like, that is not how things are supposed to happen and usually do happen. It's exactly. why projection systems are often so much more conservative on these guys because the fail rate is supposed to be lower than what we've seen in recent years. Exactly. Yeah. Tatis, you know, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. it's the only thing that's really slowed him down. And, and that's a great point. I just hope that these 
this isn't used as a reason to not call guys up in the future. I just hope that that's the case because there was a big wave of guys breaking camp and so far they haven't worked all that well. I just hope it doesn't create an influence of like, see, this is why we always send them down for three weeks at the beginning of the season. It also shows the discrepancy between AAA and and the majors right now. Yeah. Um, James Anderson's been big on this talking about how it's as big as ever. And I think we're, I think that's what this is showing too, is that you can be dominant at AAA. You come up and it's the, the gap is, is such that, okay, it is a new level. It, it always has been, but now AAA being where it's at, where almost double A is the better minor league. It, it can be a punch in the mouth when you first get up there. Like, Oh dang. I thought, I thought it was gonna be a smoother transition here. Uh, let's talk Libertor, the big lefty in the, uh, in the Randy Rose arena deal. He threw 124 innings at AAA last year, so he's, he has a full season under his belt. Innings shouldn't be a problem this year. If they need him the rest of the way in the rotation, I think they've got him. It's all going to come down to fastball command with Libertor. If he can consistently command what is a mediocre fastball right now, um, and he, if he can make up for it via command, I think he can be very successful off, off rip. If the fastball struggles, there could be some bumps here for Libertor. How do you feel about the 22-year-old lefty for the Cards? Um, I think he's an interesting prospect. I don't, I don't know that he has the upside that we think of when we're talking about a guy who is a top-tier pitching prospect. And I think for some reason his name is still associated with like an elite starting pitching prospect because he was a really highly regarded uh, draft pick. Um, I think he's got the potential to be a pretty good pitcher. I don't know that I would, I don't think he's ever going to be like an SP one or two type guy. Uh, I mean, that's saying that that, that's the case about virtually every pitching prospect though. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but if it's always felt like there's um, this, this hype around him that I I don't know that is it's deserved. Um, I think he guy 50 future value. I I really like him. I mean, he got two good, Two good off-speed pitch or two good uh, breaking pitches. Yeah. He's got a above-average slider, a pretty good curveball. Um, like I said, bad fastball guy, um, but it's a great defense to be behind mm-hmm. or to have behind you. It's a great park to pitch in. It's a great division to pitch in. Like there's a lot that lines up where he could be a really, really useful piece. Um, do I think I would spend as much on Libertor as I did, like on George Kirby? No. No, you won't um, have to. Though. Won't, won't come close. Yeah, I, I don't think you will. I think he's probably like a a fifty to seventy five dollar guy this weekend in in thousand dollar fab leagues. Um, and so, but I'm also not like going to get super aggressive on it either. So you know, I'll probably throw in, um, you know, some kind of uh, you know bids that might win him if if nobody else in the league gets really aggressive. I think the aggressive bids are obviously going to be on Gorman this week. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, maybe well, yeah. he will sneak through with some 30 or $40 bit, uh, bids it's going to really depend how Libertor does on Saturday against the pirates. Yeah. Since it's the pirates. It's a, yeah. there's a chance that it goes really well <laughs> and pushes the price up. So if you're, there will be some sneak, hundred dollar bids on him, I'm sure yeah. in places. Yeah. If you're hoping to sneak Libertor, the, the cushy landing here could, could work against you. If you drop mm-hmm. seven punchies in uh, five innings or something of, of one or two run ball, that price is going up whether you like it or not. 
and whether you uh, think it merits it or not. The, the nice have... thing is he has gone at least five innings in every single start except for his opening day start in AAA. So, yeah, I, uh, I, that's one thing I do like about Libertron quite a bit is I think it's going to give volume. If, unless he falls mm -hmm. flat on his face, I think the volume piece is, is going to be there for him. And He's already going deeper into games than Drew Rasmussen. Not a high bar to clear. <laughs> uh, I guess the real question, though, is, is there a long-term opening for him here? That nobody nobody cleared the path here. Dakota Hudson's not out. Jordan yeah, not out. So I guess that's the real question here: is is how long term is this with Libertor? They're not going six man, are they? I wonder if they're not going to let Hicks continue to start. Um, not to say like Hicks hasn't been fine. Like in He's actually progressing, but I yeah, I'm also. I've like finally kind of gotten on board with the Hicks thing. I wasn't drafting him, but it's starting to look better now. And since I didn't have to hold him for six weeks and now he's available on some wires, now I'm actually giving it some consideration. Mm -hmm. um, but if they took him out and said, nah, never mind, we're, we're going to go back to you relieving, I'd be fine with that too for Jordan Hicks. So that is my only question with Libertor, though, is how long he uh, he's going to be up. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, unless there's an injury we don't know about, um, yeah. or uh, um, I think the the pl the player they have to get out of the rotation is Hicks. I mean, he only threw ten innings last year. He's already at twenty five this year. Um, they've been babying him in his goes. Like, just why not just let him continue to be an elite force, like multi inning force out of the bullpen, um, save him for. September, October, November, um, and really optimize him. If this team is in it for a championship this year and a playoff run this year, then it makes a lot more sense from a baseball standpoint to have Hicks not start and really limit his workloads. That way they don't risk him getting hurt. Um, so I, well, my guess is at all, he's at risk to get hurt. Yes. Relieving does not save, save your health. Sure. Um, uh, but, it just it doesn't make much it never made much sense to me i was surprised that they that. were in you know his first real full season uh first full season back um that they were trying to stretch him out as a starter he's been right. an amazingly effective reliever their biggest weakness is in the bullpen um just make him an elite multi-inning reliever like i just Imagine, um, you know, and when he has a full off season to stretch out, then then stretch him out, like you know, yeah. Uh, Palante, Hicks, Cabrera, Helsley, Gallegos. There's a pretty good group there. Yeah, you know, as, this as is a really, this is a really, really um, good team that I, I don't think gets enough credit. Um, and the one, the one phrase we have not even mentioned. While discussing Libertor and Nolan Gorman devil is Devil Magic. Yeah, Devil Magic. Baby. They're too like, good for Devil Magic, though. They're <laughs> like the good prospects. Brendan Donovan is going to be dev Devil Magic when he hits 22 homers for some dumbass reason. <laughs> Juan Yepes came out of nowhere, dude. I mean, like. Juan Yepes is Devil Magic, though. He is yeah, Devil Magic. Because he's peak, he's peak Cardinals prospect. Comes up mid 20s, mm -hmm. kind of out of nowhere, insta raking. I mean, he's got, uh, unless his body, uh, unless his body matches, uh, he's basically healthy Alan Craig right now, as far as I'm considering. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yes, that's, that's how I'm thinking of him. And I loved Alan Craig, by the way. They, I wish health wouldn't have derailed him because he was mm -hmm. a G. Uh, but yeah, 
what Yepes is is more the devil magic. You and I and and others that went to first pitch, we got to see him there and learn about him a bit more. But uh, unless you're a prospect hound, I don't think you really knew Juan Yepes coming into the year. No, um, unless you heard something about a- AFL Arizona Fall League. So, all right, those are the Cardinals guys. I will ask you this: if both were available this week in mm-hmm. a fifteen teamer, would you rather get Matthew Libertor or? The guy who had a rehab start yesterday, Shane Boz. He went two and a third, uh, one hit, one run. It was a solo shot at five punches on 24 pitches. Would you rather go for Boz or Libertor in a main this weekend, both available on the wire? Okay, so this is a really interesting question because I think there are going to be leagues in which both are available and Mm -hmm. that Boz uh you know made a, a, a rehab start and he's not particularly um, close by the way so you, you would be no, stashing. you'd be stashing um in a main event a 15 team league i'm gonna go leave it to because um i think he is going to be a a starter as long as he's in the majors yeah. um i do not believe that about shane boz this thank year. you it's 100 um, my take if i'm in a 10 team league or even a 12 team league i'll go with the upside on boz Try to spike uh, a, a yeah. an impact player, yeah. Because I don't think that like Libertor is a, probably above replacement value in a twelve team. He probably is replacement value in a ten team. He's right there, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's not much. Buzz has legit ace SP one upside. I got. One I don't for think you. he's. I don't think he's got a shot of getting it. But this year, but um, I don't even think he really starts this year. But I, got I don't one either. For you. I, I think he closes. Honestly, Oh, really? Oh, no. You know what I think he does? I think the way they keep um, uh, Rasmussen's innings down and uh, and, and Patino's innings down once Patino's ready is these guys are going to be piggybackers with each other. So I think well, if Boz is second, that would make me happy. The question is who's going to be first yeah. and who's going to be We're second. We're always so, looking for that next Yarbrough. I, th- and obviously- I think there are four pitchers on that team that once they're all healthy are going to kind of pair with each other. Ras? That is Rasmussen, Patino, Boz, and Yarborough. Okay, Yarbs. Yeah, so Yarbs gets back into it. I, I like where your head's at there. That's probably actually more likely, but I, I, I like Boz as a sneak tip closer candidate. Uh, the bottom line is he's worth rostering uh, because there's upside, but it's a, it's a luxury stash. Because I don't think he's coming back for a while. Still, this was his first rehab. I think Boz is going to have a lengthier rehab. And I don't know that he's starting right away. Like like Justin's saying, it could be two, three innings at a time. But if he's the, if Boz is the starter and then passes it to Yarbrough, you don't love that. We want Drew Rasmussen to go his four or five innings, then pass it off to, to Boz. See, That'd I want be the opposite because I have, I have Rasmussen everywhere. So you I got Rasmussen. I, okay. I want... I want, I want uh, you know, I, I want Rasmussen you want to be the, the guy who comes second. Yeah, I want yeah. the dubs. Um, because whoever comes in second out of those pairings is going to be in line for a lot of wins in the way that Yarbrough was when he won yeah. what, 16 games a few years and, and ago. Let's be clear. The other three that aren't Yarbrough are way better than him, too. Absolutely. Boz, Rasmussen, and Patino, they're so much better than Yarbrough, and we saw what he could do in that role. And I know we talk about this role a lot. We're desperately wanting the race to put somebody back in that 2018 Yarbrough role because these guys are even better and they could just flourish with it. Oh my God, it could be so good. So I, I think you're probably right about where Boz goes when he gets back. Um, I just I just don't think he's gonna be putting up a whole ton of innings 
So keep in mind, luxury stash. If you're keeping Boz, make sure your team is in order. If you've got things that you're addressing and you need that spot, you have to pass. But if your team's cooking and things are going well and you got a stash spot, go for Boz because there's a lot of upside there. And especially in, I mean, those those of you who are in leagues with IL spots, right? Yeah, especially that if makes you're life in a lot, lot easier. Yeah, I mean, you should you know you should be picking him up if he's available or trading for him. Like now's not a bad time. Like you're not gonna get him for free, but but you can um, still get a, a pretty fair price on in a boss right now. Well, I agree with you. Like I think there's a a likelihood that he is on a longer rehab. If they decide he's only gonna be like a three or four inning guy, he could be back to. very soon. Yep. Um that's and good. that's a good call. I I just can't imagine that while he would be amazing as like a five, six inning starter, that they're going to risk that with him. They 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 are historically conservative with these young pitchers um and he's coming off of an injury and not many innings last year so uh, i think boz is is likely to be like this three four inning kind of piggyback with somebody else i think you're dead on there good call uh, all right let's talk some buy low or no go pitchers i uh, don't want to do too too many repeats or any repeats i think i actually one i think Tanner Houck is a repeat from the last time we talked about some by low pitchers, but we weren't going to do Charlie Morton and Jose Barrios again and, and just kind of rerun through all that same stuff. So let's talk about some new guys. Let's start with a Hunter Green. Obviously, he had that big no hit bid. Um, how'd you feel about that, by the way, with them pushing? <laughs> uh, I thought it was great that they would give him the opportunity and let him and let him go see, but I just can't believe a team like that gets. There th- throws a no hitter and loses. I just, I know, and I know it happens. So I mean, it's like once every but not decade. That often. Yeah, like yeah, it's... it's like once a decade. We, I think the Angels did it like six or seven years ago. Um, lost there, there was one nothing in, in a popular in a one for the thing. Yankees with a guy mm-hmm. named Andy Hawkins. Here's the one thing I will say about Green going 118 pitches. I did think that once he walked the first guy in the eighth, like take him out. Like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. That, that was stupid to add those extra pitches. But he did throw 100 the game before. So it was only 18 more pitches. And the last four innings were 11, 15, 10, and then 15 in the eighth. Like, again, that's bad. So those last three completed innings were 15 or under. So he wasn't laboring. And, like, yeah. I, I don't think it was the craziest thing that he went triple – triple digit pitches there again my my beef is the first walk in the eighth okay you're out it's fine you you, you're, you don't have it that's okay because you're not getting to the finish line anyway like even if he doesn't walk a guy there and gets the ground ball double play and gets out of it like is he coming out for the ninth at 122 pitches or something no yeah shot, no right? like yeah even, yeah even if he throws like a seven pitch inning he's still not so yeah out so what's ninth, what's so. the point there so but anyway that's two good starts in a row by uh, with, with that no hit bit. He he threw five and a third, two runs against Milwaukee the start before that. So he has fifteen strikeouts, twelve and two thirds. Something coming together here for Hunter Green that has you interested, or too volatile and too scary. No no buy low on Hunter Green. Where where do you stand? Um, this is the most interesting game blog. Uh, uh, page in in baseball. I mean, with the five talk, homer game right before the two good starts as well. Well, but the two good starts also include nine walks. Exactly, exactly. Like yes. it's it's must like, be mentioned. It's I mean he has fifteen strikeouts in his last two games. But he also has nine walks. 
um, in, in those. So many, uh, you know, yes, he he threw you know seven and a third of, of no hit ball, but like, yeah, he he walked five guys in the process. So yeah, like of course you're unhittable when you're not in the strike zone. True. Um, and sometimes when he is in the strike zone, like you mentioned, five home runs given up in a game. Um, that was nuts, dude. I love Hunter Green's arm talent. Um, yes. Like, there's no denying it, right? I mean, triple digits, uh, like that. That looks easy, mm-hmm. um, but he is clearly still an unfinished product. I think he would actually benefit from you know dialing it back at times to gain um, some command. Yeah, to gain some command. Um, I think there is legit you know, top five pitcher in baseball upside, obviously in this arm, but like, I, I don't think he's, I, he's definitely not getting it this year. It's like, he's not a buy low. If anything, he is a sell high. Um, I completely agree. Coming yeah. off of these last two starts. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I just traded him uh, in a dynasty league. What'd you get? Um, that is a good question. I believe I got Christian Yelich. Um, okay. Who's also, playing well by the way but yeah, yeah um while you're looking that up yeah hunter green the 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 volatility is so immense start to start inning to inning does have an nl high 11 homers allowed but also a really strong 44 strikeouts in 33 and a third so it's like you know you feel unlucky but you took the words right out of my mouth i was also going to recommend a sell high here i think that's the better play is to see if people are interested after the two quality starts uh well not quality in terms of the term quality start he only went five and a third in the may 10th outing did hunter green but yeah see if somebody's interested now and you're not going to get like a mint for him first off you didn't pay a ton for him and these two starts only lowered his era to 621 so keep your keep your expectations in check if you do go to sell high here uh but the the difference between the sell high and what would have happened before the no hitter is before the no hitter attempt uh from hunter green you were looking at cutting him now mm-hmm. you might actually be able to get something. So let me ask you, would you do like um like is Rowdy Telez like you know sell high for sell high? Is that fair? I think that's fair. I would try to get something more, but I really like Rowdy Telez. So like I don't think that's um a bad deal, uh, especially if you need power uh, or need a corner or something like that. Considering um, that this guy's only 33% at ESPN, for some reason, just no love from a boy, Harrison Bader, despite 11 steals. How's he 33% at ESPN with 11 steals and three homers? Would you do Bader for green? Oh, I can tell you exactly how he's 33% at ESPN with with 11 steals, just because the majority of ESPN leagues are points leagues. Oh, okay. That's why. Okay. Um. So, but... So, so, I mean, he... He is the tenth ranked outfielder, but to your point, the steel, the steals He's, aren't. They don't carry yeah. that value in points. They're just yeah. point givers. Uh, mm-hmm. So I get it. He should still be rostered in more leagues. Absolutely. But your general point about speed guys, I for some reason I I always knew they catered to lower, uh, smaller teams, uh, ten team leagues and everything. I didn't know his points was their deal. The- their most popular, I want to say it's around 80% of leagues okay. on ESPN are 
17 point lead. So if you see if you see a Steels guy that doesn't get enough juice over there, that's why. This is why if you go back and you look at I did an article in February about like massive differences in ADP between NFBC and in the main sites. Mm-hmm. Um like you know, Mondesi was going like outside the top like because 150 picks because yeah. like he he strikes out too much, yep. which hurts you in points leagues and then steals bases, but you know, if you're playing roto leagues, they're using the ADP from that. So exactly. like you can you can get huge bargains because people will sort just by ADP. Um, but yes, cool. back to uh Bader. Um, I absolutely I'm not even a Bader guy like you are, and I would absolutely trade Hunter Green for Bader. Yeah, and the only reason I say that is because like I said, with his low rate, his low roster rate, I feel like that actually might be available. It shouldn't, mm-hmm. but it might be. So just see what's up with Hunter Green. Justin and I say, actually sell high. Do not buy low. Long-term, both like him. Justin has him in some dynasty. Um, I don't anymore. Oh, well, all that's go- right. You all, traded him. You just all my, traded him. All my shares are gone. But you um, got Christian but, freaking Yelich, so it's not like you yeah, came in and got something weak. I'm, I'm not saying like I would like you should be trying to trade him. Um, no, in dynasty, I think you're fine to hold or even buy. It's wide yeah. open. You can do whatever is best for your team right now. Long-term, I still quite love Hunter Green. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's talk about Christian Yelich's teammate, Brandon Woodruff, who, you know, I got him in the main, uh, in our main, and I, I watch every start, and I'm like, overall, I'm, I feel fine. I'm not too worried. But it's not Brandon Woodruff, you know, uh, exclamation point type type guy right now. I will say that seven earned run outing against the Cubs is still doing some pretty – a, a good bit of the heavy lifting on his bottom line. He has a 5.35 ERA, but since that start, it's 3.90. And again, it's it's never to be like those don't count. I, I always want to stress that. I'm not saying those don't count or you shouldn't care about them. I'm highlighting how the undue impact or, or the the over impact that one start can have on the bottom line, so that if you're judging Woodruff off of the ERA, you might have a skewed perception. Because the the seven earned in three and two thirds is holding but, all the way. Now he's got two uh, dud starts. Uh, yeah, I was about to say I'm gonna I'm going to raise your small sample with a small sample of my own. He, his last, last four. his last four starts he has a six sixteen ERA, but it's too uh, good and too bad. And and so yeah. the, the the bad starts always carry more weight than the good starts. That's why um, I was talking about this the other day. If you sat Logan Webb in Coors because you're like I just want to avoid the potential 10 run outing do not beat yourself up because he threw well you're not worried or at least this is how i view it you're not worried about the potential uh seven innings three runs you're trying to avoid the 10 earned and so uh because those hurt so much more like getting a 10 earned run outing from coors is much more painful than the benefit of getting seven innings three runs so Anyway, with Woodruff, I feel you. The last four, not so good, but it's two up, two down. The Cincinnati uh, at home and then the road Miami starts, those are fine. But then the at Cincy and at Pitt were bad because he allowed nine earned in eight and a third. I guess where are you at with Brandon Woodruff then? Because it has been an up and down. You can kind of parse it however you want with these seven starts. Bottom line is a 535 ERA, but a 372 FIP. Does that leave you buying low on Brandon Woodruff or is it a no-go? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely buying low on Brandon Woodruff if somebody is willing to sell for any sort of discount. Um, yeah, it won't be a, a rampant discount, I doubt, but I, I could see getting like a little bit. 
Yeah, like you I'm trade, not like, a third rounder type. Yeah, exactly. I'm not seeing like a ton in the profile that makes me go, this isn't just a really bad run of bad luck. Um, like, yeah, I mean, he ha- has he been like exactly the elite pitcher you drafted him for? Absolutely not. And I'm bummed in the leagues where I have him too. In tout, this is, I mean, he's one of the main culprits of why my tout wars team is fantastic everywhere, except for having a five ERA and a one third. Oh, um, so, uh, but I, I'm not worried about that. Like, I think he will turn it around. Um, uh, he's, he's just too good of a pitcher. Like uh, the zone contact, the, you know, the, um, the walk rate, like things are pretty much in line with where they've been for the most part. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm just not worried. Like it, you know, I also thought it, he got a little unlucky in that Pittsburgh start mm-hmm. um, for Woodruff. It, it, it kind of went astray. There was some defensive stuff that like wasn't called errors or anything, but, but was kind of goofy. I uh, gave up three runs in the, in the fifth there, that last inning. It, it, it was a weird start the, the at Pittsburgh and it sucks to give away an at Pittsburgh from your ace like that's supposed to well, be a 10 four of his gem. starts have been two versus pittsburgh two versus cincinnati but you know one of and like he's the, not been good in those like overall he has a five yeah ERA. uh but like the worst of the two starts each time were the second one like and they were back-to-backs yeah. you know he went back-to-back and, pittsburgh, you know, double double, yeah and so like however yeah, there team, is no data to suggest that uh, the first start impacts the second in any way shape or form I just think you get to see a pitcher. Like you, just I mean, get you do confident. Yeah, but again, I mean, the I data should. says that it the first start does not impact the second. Math is stupid. So the fact that well, here's the thing though. Like, I'm not even necessarily trying to contradict you. I'm actually saying uh, maybe a little bit toward the other way. Like he was good in those first starts and then bad in the second. So like, mm-hmm. don't ever take the first start and be like, oh, because he was good here, I can start this guy again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The bottom line is, if you want to start the guy against that team. Don't worry about what the first start did. That should not mm-hmm. be putting any impact on your decision. That's the only point I'm trying to make, um, generally speaking, but also with Woodruff. So you'd buy low. Let's put some names to it here. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you give – let me find a hitter here. It's always easier to kind of just do hitter for pitcher because you can you can imagine those needs aligning and, and going through that type of deal. Would you give – or, or maybe this isn't enough, but he does have eight homers. Is Corey Seager enough? I know you hate Corey Seager, but um, what do you think? Yeah, I'd give Corey Seager to get Woodruff. Would you take Corey Seager for Brandon Woodruff? Prob- if, probably if not. Aligned? Okay. What about, would you take catcher Will Smith? I think that's fair. And would, and you would take that and also yeah, th- give that? Mm-hmm. Again, need, needs a line here. We don't have mm-hmm. to. Be like, well, if I need pitching, no, of course you do. Uh, Pete Alonso. Yeah, that's that's yeah. an easy one. Yeah, one for one either way. Yeah. Xander Z- Bogats. Yeah, that's an easy one for one. Yeah, uh, one more uh, because he's actually ascended up, and I think during the the redraft leagues he'll probably go a good bit higher. Josh Bell. Mm, yeah, that's. I think that's a fair one for one as well. I think so too, um, and you might even be able to get a little tack on. In that one, you might even be able to get like a little. Josh Bell and a pitcher for I, yeah. Woodruff and a hitter where you mm-hmm. get a little bit of an advantage there to balance it out. Um, so that one could be a sneaky one there. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you totally could. I I mean, I was a big Bell guy coming in and yeah. nothing's changed. So No, 
no, not at all. All right. This one is interesting now, too, because uh, he pitched, I think, yesterday to to kind of get some of the stink off of Tanner Houck. Um, we are revisiting him. He was on the last by low uh, discussion of pitchers. He's now got two good outings in a row after the two mega duds, dude. Oh, my goodness. He dropped that seven bomb on folks in two and a third, and then a couple days later, three more in two and two thirds. But since then, seven innings of two hit, one run ball, but only six strikeouts in that in those uh, two outings combined. He did cop a win yesterday. Uh, Tanner Houck, you're buying low. He's not starting right now. He's only started one of his last five outings, but he is middle relieving for two, three, four innings at a time. You're buying low on uh, on Tanner Houck right now. He's available on wires and 10s and 12s. Uh, you said that he had six strikeouts over his last two. All six came yesterday. Yes, um, so that's, that's like good, but then what happened against Texas when he got none? Yeah, I, I mean, no it's a bad outing, but it is tough to ever get a zero strikeout outing from somebody. Yeah, um, I prefer Hauk long term. I just -term don't meaning beyond this year, beyond or? this season. Okay, um, I I picked him up off of way over wire in a dynasty league, so uh, I, like, I picked him up. Oh, in the dynasty league, he was coming, yeah. In the, yeah, in a 13 team dynasty. Sharp league. reaction to the two bad outings. Yeah. Um, I, I still quite like Alk overall. I, I do too. And so, like, uh, there will be leagues in which he has been dropped, and I would try and go acquire him there. Um, I picked him up in a 12, just a 12 like points league. But the fact that he's not starting now is actually better because we have a starts cap. So that's a pretty mm -hmm. niche. And thing. those of you clear. who play in like SPRP leagues where you can yes. like, you know, put them in either depending on what you need that day. Um, I think he has a lot of value. Um, I just don't trust the Red Sox. Like I, and, I and don't. they suck too. Yeah, they, they do. They really, but it's because of the pitching. The offense yeah. is great. Like, um, and you know, I mean, I, we didn't talk about Trevor story and his, his massive, just like, explosion oh, yeah. yesterday he put uh, his number his season numbers are back on track oh yeah he raised uh his woba from 274 to 324 in one game um <laughs> like his wrc oh, his plus was like 86 or something and it's like 114 now uh like <laughs> let's one, give like, the numbers by the way just so uh it was three, yeah what was it he went four for four with three home runs and a stolen base yesterday I don't usually write up studs in the Roto write up because, like, people all the time, like, whoa, why didn't you talk about like this player's like two home run game? I was like, well, this could Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a first round pick. He's not available. Like, this is not, like, yeah, well, what's, you're not no, doing actionable, but sometimes but, you like, just got to gas somebody. But story, like, well, people like were like, should I be dropping Trevor's story? This is why you don't. Because, yeah, because like, it can flip on a dime and in a one-game scenario. Now, this is rare, but he could have done this, of course, across two games as well and been mm -hmm. right back on track. He yeah. just happened to do it all in, in one fell swoop. Yeah, and Henry yeah, two homers, the chat. But... <laughs> he had two home runs coming into the game. Now it's five on the season. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, this is why, like, you don't, like, sell low on, on, on studs necessarily unless yeah. you see something – in the numbers or in the underlying skills that make you go, oh God, this is not going to end well. So, exactly. Um, but back to how, like, um, I, I just don't trust the organization to utilize him well. Um, and 
right this the way you they used him yesterday is exactly the way I want them. That's what I was gonna say. Yesterday's utilization like, was perfect, but Hill also had to pitch well. Yeah, so or pitch poorly in order for him yeah. because yeah, he got blown up in two innings. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry about poorly, that. excuse me. Sorry about that recommendation. I'm gonna write it. <laughs> um but uh um yeah, I just like I said, I don't trust the organization, and so for this year, I don't want to invest much. Like if if I can find him on the waiver wire in a league, then I will absolutely pick him up because I think the arm talent is too good to be sitting on a waiver wire in a twelve teamer, um, much less a fifteen teamer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I'm going to trade much of anything of value. Like so, I'm yeah. not going yeah. to buy low on him unless, unless it the is low free. Is- waiver wire okay i think that's actually fair because i agree that the the yo-yoing with him uh with how can be pretty annoying and you know you don't even necessarily know like he's not always going behind hill or or Mm -hmm. so you know it's that's the annoying part with the um uh, with the hawk usage right now so i scooped him you scooped him off a wire if he's off the wire go for it but as far as trading yeah don't give up any assets i can i can get behind that and agree with you there all right now let's talk about some fip time bombs these guys on the surface look like everything's good but you look at their their fip or any other era indicators but we have to we happen to have an era minus fip column that you can do really easy sorts on the uh the leaderboard there and then gather some names here i'll probably be referencing sierras at times as well which is skill interactive era it's just another era indicator it's been shown to be a bit more precise at predicting era than fip but the bottom line is uh you'll get it here let's start with julio urias three three flat on his era hey 114 whip what's the complaint he's fine man come on get off his back well he's down a full mile an hour on velo Mm-hmm. Strikeout rate is down eight points at at eighteen percent, um, and a corresponding dip in uh, swinging strike rate as well to nine point six from eleven and twelve the last two years. Home run rate through the roof at one point eight, and a four ninety three FIP. So damn near two runs difference, four twenty seven on the Sierra for Urias. Are you buying low or no go here, or, or actually? It's not even a buy low. It's a sell high with the mm-hmm. fifth time bombs because they look better on the surface. Is is Arias somebody you would try to get away from right now? Because I think you could still get something pretty substantial. I pro- I think I would. Like he's given up like eighty seven percent zone contact right now. He's given up a lot of hard contact, and we're talking about players with humidors and dead balls, right? Like mm-hmm. there's like we've been like, where's all the hitting? Like right? Oh, look at all these uh, like shitty pitchers pitching into the seventh inning with you know one earned run given up um and you got a guy like curious who's uh who's doing the exact opposite of that and he's supposed to be a stud um yeah i think i would try to sell high on him uh right now um i i do worry that once the balls uh, or the, the weather starts heating up especially in a place like la as it's starting to right now uh that the homers are going to become a really, really big problem. Like you said, he's already given up seven home runs this year. Yeah. Uh, he only gave up 19 in all of last season. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, for context, I think in 2019, he pitched like 79 innings. He gave up eight home runs in those seven innings. He's pitched like 35 innings this year. So less than half. He's yeah, already pretty much equal to what he did in 2019. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, I think I would try to sell high on him, 
you know, maybe try to get a equal value hitter um, or something like that. Like, obviously, if you try to go and trade Urias for Lucas Giolito or for, um, you know, random you know, starting pitcher of, of equal value, people are like, what, why? Um, but maybe, maybe some, maybe you, maybe you can spin it as, Hey, I'm looking for depth. So I take a lesser starting pitcher and a hitter, or I'm looking for hitting and, and spin it for hit. You know, here is Urias and give me, I don't know. Um, f- yeah, you're not going to get Freddie Freeman, but yeah, um, I'm going to give you some names. Okay. Yeah. Give me some names. Cause the answer is going to be yes. <laughs> Jim Carlos Stanton. Yes. That one, I would be looking for something with it, though, because okay, well, two for as two much as is, or even one, you know, Urias for two one guys, for two. Yeah. yeah, because as much as Stanton is just crushing the ball right now, you just the injury risk is so great on him, like he is like the injury risk of a pitcher. Um, yes, and, yes, and you do is. wonder with like Urias, like is there something going on health wise? Because he's had health, you know, he's had health he had issues, health issues in the spring. Him. The the velos down, that's right. like that's right. Um, like you you have to wonder, like the skills shouldn't be doing what they're doing, and so um, I'm I'm a little worried that there is something up with the shoulder or something like that. Now this guy um, is actually quite a bit uh, lower in terms of his cost. So you can probably finagle something else here, but he's the 36th ranked hitter. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go here. Cause you said that you're going to say yes to most guys. Brandon Nimmo. No, would, would no, you want to trade around those two? I mean, if I was getting something else with Nimmo, but I, mean, I, I need much, a, how much you trying to get out, right? You talking big talk here saying I'm selling low. I'm taking anything. Brandon Nimmo is beasting. And his issues have always been health. I think talent. And he's already been been hurt this year. I know. Hey, I'm using your words. You said I'd take anything. I didn't say I'd take anything. You said, said, go ahead. I said the answer is going to be yes. yes. I didn't think you were going to get ridiculous on me. Uh, I'm not. I'm jumping down here. He's the 36th hitter this year. How? That's pretty high. What do you mean how? Are you not familiar with what Nimmo's doing? I'm obviously not. 287, 391, 457, three homers. Um, 23 runs, of course. He, he he's got the underrated runs value that really drives him up. I don't know, like with Nimmo again. I think you can do more than just a one for one Nimmo for Arias, but I'm okay. I think framing a deal wow, around 23 it. runs scored already. That is yeah, it's crazy. a pace of um, 106 for for Brandon Nimmo. Again, yeah, I, mean, I want to be one on one. Yeah, it would have to be Nimmo in a piece, but I think. But I think you can. It has to be a really good piece. This what about Nemo to... and Connor Joe? This team's hitting is off the charts. They're getting everybody's good hitting. For some reason, they're the only team. They're, they're the anti team this year. They got all the hitting. They're, their pitching sucks shit, though. So they want to buy. They, they drafted Brandon Woodruff um, and Jose Barrios. Yeah. Charlie and, Morton. Those are their and, top three. And went cheap on hitting, and somehow it's. We're into the spider verse. CJ Crone. Yeah. Uh, their first round, second round picks also hit. Well, one of their first two picks was Ben Woodruff. But yeah, you get it. So they got all the hitting in the world. They offer you Nimmo and Joe, two of their later guys who popped off. So they are selling high on them. Nimmo and Joe for Urias in a 12 team five by five roto. Would you do that? And you need the hitting. You're hitting. You're like the name the value is. I. 
I pro like blind resume. I probably should, but but name value. I'm, yeah, I, yeah. The name value is messing with me right now. Like there's, I don't know that I would do that. Um, it's probably the. I think if I if I knew that Nimbo was going to be healthy, but I just don't trust. If, if we health. could, if we could somehow guarantee that, that would make a lot more comfort is in he, something like. Is this. he platooning? Like I, I really have not followed. Don't him at all believe this year. so. I think he's leading um, off daily. Yeah, he's leading off against lefty. I mean, this week as the sample, I can look at the the full scale as well. But just in the sample of this week, two lefties, two two leadoffs for um uh, for Nimmo. Yeah, he, so, yeah, he he is. I mean, when, he he, is when he's healthy, every day. he is the leadoff hitter on a wonderful team. That is no doubt about Ooh. that. I yeah, I think I might do that honestly. Um, that's he's led crazy off against all but two lefties, uh, of which he's been healthy against. By the way, I mean, I would prefer to do a challenge trade. You yeah. know, well, if where, you're going to move Arias, where you get Stanton or or somebody a little yeah. bit higher caliber. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer. I mean, like Judge would be like the dream, right? Like, hey, here's my great pitcher for your great hitter. They, you know, Judge has injury risk. Like, but but um, if anybody's looking under the hood, they're seeing Arias is 18% K rate, and they're like, I can't do Judge for that. Yeah, here's probably one. Not. Here's one. This is again more in the Brandon Nimmo realm, but even lower. But this guy's performing even better. Taylor Ward. Yes. You do that one to one. I, I mean, I, I, would I think that. I think I, I would, would do that. I, I, I might do that one for one, but I think you don't have to. I don't think like, you have to. I, I think you could push, get push like, could you get on. like Taylor Ward and Drew Asmussen? Yes, I think you could probably. Like a, or a if, Drew, if, Drew Asmussen need, type pitcher. Yeah, you would need an Arias believer, though. They would have to be somebody who's like, I see the 18%, the eyes wide open. I see the 18% K rate, but I think it's going to go up. I believe in him. I'm buying a distressed asset even though he's got a three ERA and they're full believers. Somebody who's just kind of looking for pitching. I think you would need a flashier uh, name there, a flashier performance line to go uh, ward. And I think in most leagues, like you don't have to like worry about like people aren't going to like be like this big, like, um, I mean, he's he's got a three ERA and a one fourteen whip. Exactly. That's what I think people really in, in most leagues. I mean, obviously if you're playing with sharp people, you have to be a little bit more sneaky with it. But I, I think, think in like, 90% of leagues, like you can say, hey, here is a guy who is a second or third round pick in our league. He has a for he has, for pickup. Yeah. He has a three ERA, and I want your waiver pickup, Taylor Ward, and this mid-level pitcher because I need depth. And especially in your tens and twelves where depth isn't as important, people are always willing to offer you like a handful of guys for the best guy in the deal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think there's some interesting deals out there that uh, that you could get from Arias if you're interested in, in moving on from him. It's a, It feels, you know, kind of risky right now um, with everything that, that he's been going through with the strikeout rate and the velo issues. Let's go to another... Uh, 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 fifth time bomb, another teammate, Tony Gonsolin, 164 ERA. Of course, nobody expects a 164 ERA, so that's that's fine, right? It's a 352 FIP, which you think like, okay, 352, that's fine, but it's again, it's the two-run split that has me concerned. And it's also a 419 Sierra for Tony Gonsolin. So let's get into some of the skills. 23% K rate, but an 11% walk rate. 
He does only have about a half a homer per nine, but the homer per nine or the homer to fly ball rate is very low at 7%. And it basically requires him to continue to do such quality work with the, uh, with the homer to fly ball rates. If he's going to maintain that. Um, and he has a 202 BABIP as well. So basically Tony Gonsolin's walking the yard, but not being punished for it because he's not giving up homers or hits really. So that's what makes him a bit of a FIP time bomb. The control is still wonky from last year when he had a 14% walk rate. It's at 11 this year. Are you selling high uh, on on Tony Gonsolin here? The FIP time bomb. Hmm. Um, I don't think I am. Okay. I, uh, you know, yes, like he, he is walking guys. He is. It feels like he is making a conscious decision to not give up the long ball, which he's not doing. Um, He's also getting a lot of ground balls. He's got a 47% ground ball rate. So some people are going to be like, oh, you know, he had, you know, homer to fly ball rates low, zone contact is high, um, I think around 87% or so. Um, Let me double check that before I get too far out of pocket. 89%, 89.4% zone contact rate. And I think they're going to go. This is going to get worse. And yes, of course, it's going to get worse. Like, you know, as things heat up, there are going to be home runs that are given up. But like, I don't think it's all going to fall apart. Um, I So like, I just don't know that you're going to get what you want out of selling him. That That's a good point. Like, what, what kind of return would you really get from Gonzo? And he, I mean, he plays on the best team in baseball. He's going to, as long as he's going to. <laughs> That's an interesting challenge trade. That's a trade that right I there. like. That's um, a trade right there. That I would do, especially if you needed the hitting. Yeah. Um, you know, or or even like a Connor Joe type, you know, name mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, like I, I would be fine if you want to do that. I don't think you need to though. Like I don't think this is um like I said, there's gonna be regression, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but like I don't think it's going to like completely fall apart. I also agree, by the way. I I brought him up to to kind of say that I'm not necessarily out. So I'm going to say I'm with you here. I mean, he's got like a 2% barrel rate. What's up with the control? Why why is he walking everybody? Like when he first came up, he wasn't like a walk the yard kind of guy. Do you see anything there? Is it by choice? Is it like, hey, I'm not going to give in type of of situation with Gonsolin's walks? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think this is a matter of he's getting aggressive early on in counts. But instead of giving guys really good pitches to hit late in counts, he's saying, I'm willing to put you on base, try to get you to ground into a double play, let my defense pick me up behind you. Um, like, I don't think this is a matter of, like, he's losing his control necessarily. Um, I sh- I, maybe I'll go back and watch a couple of the starts, um, you know. But it's also, like, those walk numbers are, are buoyed up by three of his starts. Like, he... He said, you know, three of his seven starts, he's had one walk given up. Exactly. So it, it does kind of uh, come and go. And then mm-hmm. that kind of gives it maybe some credence of being a little bit more decision based of like, mm-hmm. hey, by getting these tough counts, I'm still going to make my pitch. And if you take it, you get a free base and I'll yeah. I'll I'll go for the next guy. And I haven't watched enough Gonzo to say that that's the case. That's why I'm asking. But I'm going to I'm going to tune in uh, as well. And maybe we can reconvene next week when, once he start again maybe we could give our give ourselves a little homework here he pitches oh this weekend on sunday 
So I'm going to watch the start at Philly. Yeah, I will too. And then oh, that's we'll a tough start too. So it's exactly. at Philly against Philly. Um, man, Bryce, how worried are you about Bryce Harper right now? <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to be, but he is crushing. I, I do. Love but he's that. missed like the last two games. Is that right? Oh, he has. I, I would. I would I know, I, one I know. player of the week with despite the injury. Oh yeah, he hasn't played since the fourteenth. Oh, never mind. It's getting worse. That that's why I'm. That, that's why I'm. Yeah, that's terrifying. Like, I mean, even right. if he was playing though, it, it was terrifying in general because, like, even though he was player of the week last week, if you had Bryce Harper, would you try to sell him for Brandon Woodruff right now? I would. Yeah, okay. I would do that. I would yeah. definitely do that. I yeah. Uh, I, I think as much as I love Harper, and clearly he has all the talent in the world to be the MVP again yes. this year in the National League. Um, that but injury, he, for those who don't know, he's got a tour in UCL, mm-hmm. and they they're not letting him play the field so he can hit. And he's been amazing, crushing, but then he's missed all, all this week. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm petrified right now if I'm a Bryce Harper. And that is one where, where again, I I like to approach these wide open cards on the table. Hey, Harper's hurt. You know that. But you also know Woody hasn't been great. I'm just seeing if you're interested in a challenge deal here where I'll take on the the lesser Woodruff. You take on the injury risk of Harper. Are you interested type of deal? Never. I never want to look like I'm trying to pull a fast one on anybody. I don't want people to think. You don't want to, to be known that. as the so, guy who takes advantage of people in your league. Like exactly. So that's why when, I, if I do deals like this, I come I, I I'm always cards uh up and I'm just saying, hey, I'm clearly trying to do something here. I want to buy your low pitcher, but I'm giving you a, a distressed asset as well in Harper, mm-hmm. who happens to have like uh, a fifteen hundred OPS. Did you see these uh the, these caption tweets I, I, I put out this week with Ian Khan and, and Ellen Adair? No, no. What? What? Uh, I saw the I saw the Ian one. I I did. So I, did, I put I one out for Ellen last Ian night because apparently she she was in Homeland too. So I've been watching Homeland. Uh, I'd seen the first five seasons and I knew Ian was in it at some point. I just hadn't gotten to it yet, and so I I started rewatching it from the beginning. Um, Look at and, Ellen, uh, right? And uh, yeah, so Ian pops up in season six, and Ellen pops up in season season seven, which is the season I started. I think last night. Um, so, uh, you know, I put a little screenshot of them talking to, uh, uh, Carrie who, uh, you know, is played by Claire Danes. Like what fancy baseball concept are they, are, are they explaining to, to, to Carrie? So right now? Uh, and the, the, not, not many people have seen the Ellen one yet, but the responses to the Ian one are fantastic. It, it's uh, truly Truly mm-hmm. excellent there because he absolutely looks like he's talking. Oh, yeah. He totally like looks he's like he's explaining. trying to explain, like, why you use, uh, you know, Sierra instead of FIP. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's no response. I responded to this. Why is my response not on here? I, don't I had a funny joke. Ah. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's why you didn't know I responded. I don't see it right now. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's that's hilarious. Uh, that uh, seeing people that we know in the fantasy community, mm-hmm. you know, pop up. We on know any other? Oh yeah, I, I, I guess the only actor left in the industry to to not appear on Homeland 
uh, yet while during my watch is we're waiting for an Alex fast appearance. So yes, we uh, are. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Did you see their clip, uh, their sketches this week from the Nick and Alex baseball show? Uh, yes. Very, very good. Um, Fine. uh, and spoiler alert, uh, I have not released this publicly, but I found an Alex fast movie. On which website? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> it is a short film. Um, and, uh, uh, I have not like, I, I sent it to Nick and I've sent it to Alex and I was like, I have this. And I just left it at that. Um, but That's Alex, incredible. Sm- Alex, Alex smokes in it. How dare he? Yes. He smokes. I truly can't wait to see this. Are we doing a screening or what? Yeah. I mean, it's only like eight minutes. It's like, it's, it's perfect. It's, uh, so. I, yeah, to- I I totally forgot to tell you about that. I found this like that is ago. I-, I did not know that this this is fantastic news mm-hmm. uh, about Alex. We got two more pictures to cover here. Let's talk Marco <laughs> Gonzalez before we get into any more of Alex's acting exploits. This one, you know, the the cell would honestly like be a cut in a ten or twelve teamer to be quite <laughs> honest because you're not getting anything via trade. But let's go through it. Three hundred eighty ERA, but a one fifty one five zero WHIP. 14% K rate, um, 592 FIP. So damn near six earned, uh, six FIP almost. Three runs split between the FIP and ERA. So again, in a 10 or 12, if you have Marco Gonzalez, you've been streaming him, you've been getting some decent ERA, but bad whip. Would you just outright cut him? Would you cut him in a 15 right now with these numbers? He's got a two-step next week. Oakland and Houston both at home. What are you doing with Marco Gonzalez right now? Oh. I mean, you get Oakland at the top. Like this is one of those two steps where you like start can start off like super strong, and then have and it all cross all you, back. You also could think you're going to start off super strong and you just get shellacked twice. Yeah. What if he goes five innings, three runs to Oakland? Then you're shitting bricks because you know Houston's not going to be much. Although, yeah. You know the way baseball goes, he'll throw seven shutout against Houston. But yeah. So right. Yeah. It'll be like I I, I stacked. You're stacked against your Kitty and Evaldi was the one who got just you went the wrong way. So we know that um, the number one, or I shouldn't say we know one of my number one litmus tests that I is is industry wide. I didn't make this up or anything, but I totally agree with it. Is if you can't start a guy in a two step, you should probably cut him. So if you're looking at that two step this week with Marco Gonzalez in your 15 teamers as well, tens and twelves, I think. I'd probably just flat out cut if I was streaming him for some reason. But in 15s, are you cutting Marco Gonzalez here before this blows up? Or can he write the shit? I don't think he can write the shit. So um, I can understand wanting to start him against Oakland and therefore you run him out for the two-step. Um, I, I would not feel super comfortable doing this. He, he has given up eight home runs on the year. Um, and like, uh, he's barely had eight strikeouts. That's not true. He's had 24 strikeouts, but that, that tells you like, he's got a, I knew three it was to, wrong, but that made me laugh. Yeah, he, had a, he has a three to one strikeout to Homer ratio, uh, which is never something you That's want. That's terrible. Um, yeah, it just, he gives up a ton of zone contact. He's got an almost 10% barrel rate, um, uh, allowed, uh, like it's, his swinging strike rate is 6%. Um, like, there's not much. Like, and I've been a Marco Gonzalez guy in the past. Um, 
just because like he he typically does a good job of limiting hard contact and he goes yeah. deep into games um and so he can just be like a really cheap deep league inning, innings eater but like there is not much in this profile that encourages me at all mm-hmm. um he's also pretty got like the highest uh his highest walk rate of his career if you don't count the 34 in example that he led off his career with. So yeah, um, and that's not really a season. I mean, this yeah, is 38 exactly. innings. So I guess if you're going to count this 38 innings, but the, the point is, is that the walk rate is up. Yeah. And, and a two point jump when you have a 7% walk rate, that, that can be significant, especially if you're giving up so many hits and homers. It's, it's a mess with Gonzalez right now. Marco Gonzalez. I'm scared. If I did have my thinking anything 15 and lower, I think I would just outright cut him at this point, as opposed to let it, Later. Yeah, if, if for some reason he's on your 10 or 12, like I think he's an outright cut. I I think in a 15-team league, it's always hard because it kind of depends on what you're cutting him for. Um, Let me give you some names and we'll, we'll put it to the test because that's fair. You know, there's just not a ton out on wires in 15-team leagues. Let's look at our, our own league here. Okay. Let's see if there's anybody that uh, that would get you get you going. Okay, a guy I cut because he got the freaking Yusei Kikuchi schedule, although he wasn't too bad last night unless things went awry in the last inning. That'd be Glenn Otto. Would you rather Glenn Otto? Um, he went after getting at Oakland, which is probably he was on the wire, so people saw him. They're like, oh, he did well. Let's pick him up. Houston at the Yankees, Boston at Houston, and then he gets the Angels next week. Hopefully the schedule softens up after that. But would you rather have Glenn Otto's skills or Marco Gonzalez's right now? Which profile would you rather? Oh, this is weird. Uh, I think I'm going Otto. Um, I am too. Yeah. He got a better profile. I mean, if I'm buying this. He's got a better profile. He's not in a six-man rotation. The home park is is good in Texas. Um, And his skills aren't popping off. Uh, off the charts this year for Glenn Otto, but he's shown more swing and miss than Marco Gonzalez ever has. Like it's only a 17% strikeout rate for Otto versus 18% for Gonzalez. And you're like, well, what's the, di- or 14% for Gonzalez, but 12% swinging strike rate. He's shown yeah, swing and miss. That's double what exactly. Marco Gonzalez is. Right okay. Now. What about uh, Alex Fiedo for the, for the Tigers? Yes, I would. I was, yeah. And Fiedo starts, I think tonight or tomorrow night. I can't remember. Uh, he um, does have, start this uh, weekend it is so yeah, tomorrow and, but um yeah cleveland so yeah i think i would um i, I think so too yeah. um okay what about here's one what about johnny cueto he was great in his debut there's probably not too much difference is the real answer but I guess the real question, though, is, is there even a spot for Cueto right now? Um, what's his face? Kopech just went to the paternity, but that's not – that's temporary. So I don't know if there's a spot for Cueto, but would you rather Cueto or Marco Gonzalez? I'll still ask it even though I don't know if there's a spot for him. I think I'd go Cueto. Um, I I, I, there may not be a spot for Cueto, but, like – I think you mentioned this last episode, like Keiko sucks. Like Keiko is yeah. bad. Like, um, and Kopech's not going deep into games. Like they could easily say, tell me about hey, it. You can go back to the bullpen and whoa, whoa, just, whoa, 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 whoa. wait, Vince Velasquez is still there. Yeah. And so Kopech make, starting over make, Velasquez, make Kopech 
follow Velasquez. Well, now you're singing a tune that I like. Four yeah, like, after Velasquez isn't that a better time? use of well, him cool. anyways? Well, it's a better for use of for... me getting wins, which is why. Yeah, so, like, you don't want to lose Velasquez or Cueto, um, who are both out of options um, and would obviously uh, um, and would, you know, if they sent him back down, they would just, you know, exercise a release, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, make Kopech the follower to one of those guys, likely. Or even Velasquez, Velasquez could be a follower, too. Yeah. So, himself could, too, if they want to keep. Because I think they want to they really want to be honing Kopech into um, into into an upper echelon starter. I think keeping him as a starter makes sense here. But Velasquez and Keiko both being in that rotation does open a spot for Cueto. And we talked about Cueto after his debut. He wasn't too bad for your Giants last year. Like he was, he was no. perfectly fine for fifteen team type uh, type quality there. It, it is a deep league play for sure. But I think between the two. Marco Gonzalez has just not shown me anything to latch on to. And I think uh, they know if they if they if they send Cueto back down that he's going to exercise his release because he's now shown enough in that first start where a starting needy needy team is going to like grab him. Um yeah, so I, I think you're dead on on that. Uh so like I think that um they're going to do what they have to do to keep him to keep that depth especially while Lance Lynn is working his way back. So exactly. Um, you know, maybe in June he ends up on a different team somewhere, but at least for the next month, I think, uh, I think Cueto is a viable starter and I'd rather have him than Marco Gonzalez. I think that's, that's completely fair. One last name, not too dissimilar, but maybe you see more upside here. I don't know, but uh, Dakota Hudson only has a 13% K rate. So he has similar issues to Marco, but he has that scintillating ground ball rate at 57%. That's actually down from 65 last year, although that was only eight innings. Never mind. But he's a career 58% ground ball rate, 360 ERA, 135 whip. Would you rather Dakota Hudson or Marco Gonzalez? Mm, I think I'm going to go Dakota Hudson. Largely because with that huge ground ball rate, um, he has that amazing defense behind him. Like, yeah. you know, um, it's just, uh, I think that's, a, it's, I think that is kind of the difference. But like, I don't know, is, is this like the, the meme from the office? Like it's the same picture? <laughs> like, I, I don't think either of these guys saying. are going to be good long term. But if you're going to make me choose between two really bad options, I think I go Dakota Hudson. Better team. Yeah. Better defense. And they support what he does best, which is all those ground balls. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, last one. Michael Walker's ERA is so silly. Um, I don't know how he's doing it. We're going back to this uh to this Boston team. And he's on the IL right now, too. So that that clouds some of this in general. But one thirty eight ERA. Oh, he is. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So he's on his way back. One thirty eight ERA, but no real skills to support it with a three ninety one uh FIP. So that's that's a massive difference there because he only has a 94% left on base rate. That is hilarious for Waka. But Waka only has a 19% strikeout rate and an 11% walk rate. Are you selling out of this right now? And by the, again, that means cut. Like, would you rather just cut Waka in a 15 teamer? Or is there any skill here that you see that can keep him capable? Obviously not 138 ERA. Mm, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's obviously going to regress. Um, 
here's the thing. Like he's doing a good job at getting like medium and soft contact because when he does give up hard contact, it is hard. Um, so I do worry a little bit about like, there are going to be huge blow up starts, but I think he's going to be useful. Like, I don't think he should be cut in a 15 teamer. Okay. So Um, you would, you would hang on to Michael Walker mm -hmm. here. Yeah, I think I would. Um, but there are going to be some just massively bad outings um, where he just doesn't have the, his command um, and the hard contact, like I said, is really, really hard when it's, when he's given it up. So um, yeah, the thing is he's done, like I said, you know, he, he's got it almost 19% soft contact percentage a 54% medium contact, uh, a medium hard contact. Um, it's in the hard contact. Uh, percentage is the lowest of his career. So he's keeping it down. But like I said, when it's hit hard, he's hit really hard. So like there are going to be some games where like he gives up three home runs and you're just like, God damn it. But I think for the most part, he's going to be okay. Like I I, I like what I've seen. I've been a Waka fan since his St. Louis days. I've always, I remember he, you had him as a top 15 starter one year. I did. I I loved him, dude. And I was there with you, so I'm not. You know, I'm not just gonna throw you under the bus. Yeah, those. I mean, those first three years were were, were quite good. Three twenty one ERA, mm-hmm. one nineteen WHIP, and three hundred fifty three innings. Yeah, I I, w- I w- he was a breakout guy for me multiple years because the health piece was the only thing that was really missing. Um, obviously, since then he's kind of you know ebbed and flowed with his skills. But he always kind of shows those hints in a given year. He had a five ERA last year, but a four Sierra. And now this year is at 138, but with a 460 Sierra. So bottom line is he's not that different. The interesting thing to me is uh, why do you think the walk rates doubled this year from 6%? To I think he's he's kind of changed his approach a little bit. He's been um, he's not trying to strike out guys at the same rate. He's allowing he, he's trying to get weak contact and get out of innings quicker. And so he doesn't want to give up the long ball. So he's. Um, you know, I think he nibbles kind of late in counts, mm-hmm. which I think is fine. I, but I do think like when the homers do come, they're not going to be solo shots, right? Because he, he's let these guys get on base. So like I think, like I said, like the bad outings are going to be really bad, but I think there's going to be good outings mixed in there. And so I think he's probably he probably should be rostered in most 15 team leagues. Um Unbummed, I dropped him in in a in a fifteen team or when he went on the IL. He got hurt. Yeah, well, because he was it was part of that Barf League team that has like eighteen hurt starters. Um, so uh, I just couldn't hold on to him anymore. But I may try to get him back. Like you know, I'll be interested. I'll, I'll watch tonight and, and kind of see you know if it, it if it looks like he's the same coming off the IL. Uh, but yeah, walk is guy that I, I'm I'm definitely interested in. Kind of streaming. Twenty-five percent rostered at main events. So you think those other twenty-five percent pick him up this weekend for Walker? Probably, unless tonight's a disaster. Well, yeah, unless he unless he falls apart. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. So we got three guys that we're talking about uh, the buy low on with Green, Woodruff, and Hauk. Um, we'd buy low on Woodruff easily. He's the best of the bunch, clearly. How can green a little bit more uh, up in the end? And these FIP time bombs that we're talking about, maybe selling Urias, you can get a mint for. And if the needs match, you can sell. But otherwise, I think you said probably hold. Gonsolin, you would not sell. You actually, because you don't get, you're not going to get enough. And then Marco Gonzalez mm-hmm. and Waka, you'd have to cut. And you would be open to cutting Gonzalez, but not so much Waka unless he blows up tonight. Then you could yep. cut him. 
this weekend. Okay, great. And then with Libertor and Gorman, you're putting $500 on each and every. <laughs> I don't have $500 left. Me neither. In, in, in most leagues. I've been That's pretty aggressive. Thing too, is you have to scale these bids because they have to kind of match up mm-hmm. with available fab too. And so and it's not I, so this is why like and I in a in I will try to continue to do this. Um I will talk in terms of percentages. Percentages left. And and it's percentages left. It's not percentage of your original league. Now there'll be times where I reference a certain dollar amount because that's what I think he's going to go for. Mm-hmm. Um but typically I try to say hey, I'd be willing to go 10% of my remaining fab which would normally be $100 in a $1,000 league. And also, not everybody plays in $1,000 leagues, right? Some, some yeah. people, a lot of people play in $100 fab leagues. Um, Which is different, but, by the way. You don't just, you don't just, mm-hmm. people used to just be like, oh, well, you know, it's it's 10x, so just do the math. No, 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 no. The bids are not created equally yeah. at all. And obviously, like, people know their leagues, right? So, like, if mm-hmm. you're, like, in, in this league where I picked up Hauk, like, it is a hundred dollar fab league. Um, it you get fab three days a week. There are zero dollar bids. Like zero dollar bids is huge. Three days yes. a week is huge because I know that not everybody's paying attention at every single fab period because there's so many of them throughout the week. So like, yep. we try to give generic, general, not generic, but general advice. Um, but like, know your league and don't like. Don't be like, oh, I spent 30% of my fab or 20% of my fab because Justin told me to. And when I else. didn't, and nobody else did, I could have gotten them for free. Yo, well, how you, lame would you have to be to like blame analysts for your really own right? Stuff? Yeah. Like that would be like the most lame thing. As long as you didn't do it publicly, though. Like, yeah. If you mm-hmm. kind of in your head were like, damn, those those analysts. But like, imagine if you did that like publicly on Twitter. On Twitter, like, yeah. And you were like, uh, these analysts made me pick somebody and now he's hurt. I mean, that would be the most embarrassing mm-hmm. thing ever. I, I could never see anybody doing that, but if they this did, is an amazing subtweet troll. I would probably decimate yeah. them if they did yeah. that and, mm-hmm. and, and laugh. Go, go, go through, go through mine and, and Paul's <laughs> replies on Twitter. You'll, you'll find this one. So <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. I have to go. <laughs> anyway, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Are you, you and Justin getting together, or Jason getting together this weekend? Uh, we are, and we are going to be joined by Eric Samolski of Excellent. Catcher's Corner. Um, he, Eric Samolski is, is awesome. Yeah, I just had him on FWFB, um, and he is, uh, he, he's got a baby coming, so uh, I want to make sure to get him on Sleeper on the Bus before... Um, before the before, chaos hits? Before the chaos hits, yeah, and before he's, he's to too busy. So. Sammy, uh, his, his podcast goes recently. Mm. Love Sammy. Um, they're trying to get me on there. I'm just trying to figure out a schedule so I should be on the catch. If you're not, if you're not um, following Eric Samolsky's work um, and listening to the Catcher's Corner, you're missing out. Samolsky won. Eric won. Uh, I don't know why I'm calling him by his last name, but Eric won uh, two FSWA awards, including I think Baseball Writer of the Year and I think Football Writer of the Year. Like um, won mm-hmm. both awards uh, this year. So like. Really, really great guy. Does some really cool video breakdowns. So we'll be talking about it on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, and then I think we'll probably take the week after off because I think that is Memorial Day. Okay, that sounds wonderful. All right, Justin, you have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Take it easy.